Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, folks, welcome back to the latest Mountain West Wire football podcast edition. MWWire.com is where you want to... uh, read our content listen to the podcast facebook mountless wire we're getting a few more likes than that that's always good and mwc wire on facebook or twitter excuse me geez i don't know what i'm doing today matt kennerly as i stumble across how's your morning so far as this is part two of our week three recap or week you know geez, week three preview you know geez what am i doing <laughs> oh my god it's early too it's many, early that's too many podcasts excuse. i've done four this week come on you you've you've had a lot going on and maybe that's kind of a lead towards checking out all of our week three content, which you've had an active hand in posting a lot of. This morning, so plenty. Be sure to check that out, mwwire.com. Exactly. We've had previews. We've had sneaky Nevada basketball content, if you want that, from one of our new awesome basketball writers. So, yes, a lot of stuff going on. This is If you missed part one, if you're like, hey, where's, where's Boise, Oklahoma State? Where's this game? Well, this is part two, folks. So we decided to, due to our scheduling and with 12 games, we figured let's make it easy on the ears, about a 40 to an hour podcast each, which allows us to also talk about games a bit more than we normally would, which mm-hmm. is also a good thing, because remember that Boise State preview, Matt? Me, you, and Raj total about three hours, so we don't want oh, that. Yeah. We want to, if we split it up, also, quick side note, I did a uh, podcast with the Oklahoma beat writer for who covers Oklahoma State, Scott Wright. It's about 15 minutes. Check that out if you want some more Boise State stuff, so... And did you know Raj is headed down to the game in Oklahoma and Stillwater? I did know that. So we may have a special post-podcast, post-game, him driving back, hopefully happy. Or, yes, hopefully happy. We want our Broncos to win. But we'll have some extravagant, extravaganza coverage on his uh, return for how long the drive is. Because that's that's not an easy drive, I don't think. Do you know how far it is from Nebraska to Stillwater? Um, I can tell you it's probably at least a little closer from Nebraska to Fresno. You've done that drive, right? <laughs> I have done that drive. What was that, 18 hours or something? Oh, no, that was a grand total of like 24 hours of driving. Oh, I've done that length of drive going from Salt Lake to Houston. If you, no, if you, no regrets, though. No, no, no regrets. If you, I, I could make it 22 if I have a, somebody else driving with me, so I get a little mm-hmm. nappy time. But let's get to games here. And we talk about this random stuff because the first game is, well, San Jose State whew, at Oregon. Number 20, Oregon. Oh, number 20, Oregon. Is the line still 41 points? Um, I haven't actually checked. I wish I had that tab up. Last I saw it, it was 41 and a half. All right, so this game, as we see fit the moment, will be a loss for the Spartans. Sorry. Um, Tyler Nevin, still not sure if he's going to play. Montel Aaron should play the whole quarterback. It, like we're, we're not expecting anything crazy to happen. Like Last week, they got smoked by Washington State. Oregon is better than Washington State. So at there's not much optimism for this team, so we want to f- probably find like small things where, hey, this is good to see for next year. Because you said in the preseason, I said a little bit as well, they have a few pieces on offense where they could potentially be good maybe in 2019. But yeah, this I think that's always been the goal, and I think at least through the first couple of weeks, that's still kind of the goal is to just be more competitive, which, as you alluded to, a moment ago, <laughs> they really weren't against Washington State. Never mind that you know they did cover, which is still something. There you go. 
But when the offense gets shut out like that, especially after the second half that they had against UC Davis the week before, you have to think that it's disappointing. So for me, it just comes down to trying to get some of those secondary pieces more involved because what what I've seen from the, from the Spartans in the first couple of games is that the offense, you know, besides Tyler Nevins, who, so far as I know, he's not listed on the depth chart. So I think he's probably out for this game. But the passing game with Montel Aaron under center has really only flowed through through, through two people, Josh Oliver and Bailey Gaither. Yet the two of them combined have about 45% of the targets on the team. So what I want to see is I want to see the Spartans make an effort to get some of those next guys, like their wide receiver twos and threes, like Jaquan Blackwell and Justin Holmes. Because... You know, it's it's not like they are, like I said, it's not like they aren't without talent. It's just a matter of trying to figure out ways to get that talent into the offensive flow of the game. That's true, but can they get a flow? I, I, that's a problem. Yeah. And I mean, it, and that kind of leads to the other big thing is without Nevins, the running game was basically dead on arrival in Pullman last week. And so, you know, Malik Robeson and John Packer are probably going to lead the way one more time but they're going to have to do a little bit better than three yards carry if San Jose State wants to if they want to keep it within five touchdowns they're going to have to have a running game that's not even covering the line man 41 points that's yeah I know <laughs> and I mean I think the the upside with those two guys I think it's worth pointing out is that you know they both are above six yards excuse me six highlight yards per opportunity which is just basically a way of saying, like, when they get past the first level, how much are they doing? And what that means is that they're doing at least a little bit to be positive. But there's also kind of a little bit of boom and bust if they're only averaging three yards a carry. So I kind of want to see them even that out a little bit, be a little more efficient, try and just move the chains a little bit, which was something they weren't able to do last week. Yeah, I that, yeah you got to find small things. Get a few first downs because Montel Aaron, he can – He's mentioned receiver Gaither. They got some uh, some talent, but th- it's it's what are we gonna say about this game? You can go for nine bucks if you want to go to this game. If you really want to visit Odson Stadium, make the drive and go see a blowout, go do that. But I want to say defense may make a few plays here and there, try to slow down Oregon offense a little bit. Get a couple, get a couple stops. Get a score at least ten points. Is ten points too much to ask? I'm serious. Is that too much to ask? That's a really good question. Because here's the thing. They Oregon has crushed Bowling Green and then Portland State. So is Portland State better than San Jose State? I don't maybe. They lost to UC Davis. But they got like a quarterback Justin Herbert. He's just gonna shred this defense. So I all I want to see, like you said, be a little more consistent, score a few points, and make a couple plays on defense. Like try to lose by thirty points. I'm sorry, but that's kind of where they're at right now. If you want to be more competitive, like what would shock me is if game if this game ended up being like um, twenty one points or less difference. I really don't think that's going to be the case, but I think if there's a case to be made, it's got to start up front. And you know, one thing you can point to if you're looking for silver linings in the first couple of weeks so far is that you know when it comes to being disruptive, the linebackers have been okay. You know, I've talked about havoc rate in the past, and while when you compare it to the national average, they're still below it. You know, they only have 4% of plays, but that ranks 81st. And, you know, that's that's not terrible. But I I want to see the linebackers make more plays 
But I also want to see the defensive line step up too because, you know, Boogie Roberts has two and a half tackles for loss. But they really haven't been disruptive otherwise. So I want to see Bryson Burgess have a good game. I want to see, you know, Salawai Latu have a good game. You know, even if it's only for a quarter, you know, I want to see them, you know, make it maybe, you know, seven nothing or ten nothing after the first quarter. If they can do that, just show a little bit of fight up front, especially with against an Oregon offense where they have a pair of running backs who are averaging about six yards a carry. You know, if they can at least show the pretense of trying to stop the run, you know, that is basically I think the only thing that I could ask for. Gotcha. All right. So if you want to watch this game, um, it's on Pac Twelve Network. And if you're wondering, and if you're like, well, I don't want to, I don't have Pac-12 Network, that's okay, because we get you hooked up. Here's what you do. We have, we have a lot of people been helping us out. If you notice the Mexico Twitter feed, thank you very much for that. But Sling TV, if you want, we have a free trial. We'll put in the link for the show preview and stuff. But also in the notes, we meant anything for Sling or Fubo. But if you really, if you're really desperate, Matt, for football, and you really want to see what's going on, <laughs> you can go go through Sling, get a free trial, and test out Pac-12 Network if you want to. If you're a diehard Spartans fan, I want to see it goes on. Are there diehard Spartans fans, Matt? Oh yeah, they're out there. They are. We know. I know a couple, but it's uh. So if you really want to check it out, but don't want to pay, don't have it. Uh, we have something to show notes. So just get a free trial, then cancel. That's what I do for most of these. Remember, Matt, multiple emails, multiple gift cards, multiple credit cards. Oh yeah, that's, that's how it's did. done. I need to find my sneaky way for CBS Sports because I'm trying to avoid getting it through football season and maybe have to pony up for hoops. <laughs> Smart. But you know what isn't smart is when I didn't think I had Big Ten Network and I got YouTube TV and had Big Ten Network on my package. Oh, all right. So I liked YouTube. It was great. They're not helping us out, so I'm not going to say too much more about them right now. But it's okay. Mm. Next game, Oregon State. Wait, 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 wait. Did you give a score prediction? Oh, jeez. Um, no. What did I pick for a spread? I posted or about. I'm in progress as we speak, posting our staff picks, or maybe I did. I don't recall. When you listen to this, my picks will be up. I am going with. Um, let's see here. I have Oregon winning and covering the spread, and it's a what forty forty one. I got jeez, oh, 49-3? Okay. What's your pick? I think it's probably gonna be a little worse than that. Oh. <laughs> I think it's probably gonna be something like sixty two to seven. Or 63 to 7. Yeah, I think it's going to be a long afternoon. Wow. Um, just really quick, number fire and team rankings. They're generous to the Spartans' offense. They have, Both of them are saying about 13 to 14 points. Um, team rankings is saying Oregon's going to put it at 53, number fire 47. So, hmm. interesting. Both of them do not have a cover, so interesting. All right, so, yeah, it's uh, I'll catch a highlight for this one. Just saying, that's what I'm going to do here, folks. Uh, next game we have is um, Oregon State at Nevada. Nevada is a home three-point favorite, which isn't overly surprising because Oregon State hasn't been very good with uh, their coach. Um, shoot. Um, oh, my gosh. Why am I spacing? Not Gary Anderson anymore. The uh, former – That tells you – you know what? The fact that you're spacing on that tells you everything you need to know about Oregon State it's at this a, point. It's a former Spartans head coach, right? No, no it's no, not, is it? Colorado. Who is your head coach? Now I know. <laughs> oh, Jesus. This is embarrassing. <laughs> But I is do it know, really though? Is it really though? Because I think, like I said, I think, I think is, that tells it, you everything you need to know about the Oregon State football right now. Here's what that I you cannot remember. It's the most forgettable person on earth. John Smith. <laughs> it is Jonathan Smith. And that really is the most forgettable name on earth. Uh, <laughs> might as well be John Doe, right? Yeah, exactly. Um. Oh my gosh. Yes. Um. I was thinking like I know Claudia Sataki's not there anymore. Chucky Keaton's not there anymore on staff. So, 
Oh, yeah, it's a Jonathan Smith. So there you go. Um, I did a Q&A with the guy from Rivals, Mike Singer. He does um, Oregon State stuff. He also did a Q&A for us on the CU uh, matchup. I should find his thing really quick. But uh, are you first of all, are you shocked that Nevada is a favorite? A little bit because, you know, Oregon State's, you know, they're, they're, they've shown signs of life. Obviously, they got blown out last weekend by Ohio State. But, you know, I think that that makes Nevada a fairly decent challenge for them because they're not necessarily going to blow anybody away on either side of the ball. But they do have some pieces, you know, because like Connor Blunt, for instance, you know, he has three touchdowns, no interceptions. He's completed 66% of his passes. You know, maybe one thing to watch for if you're a Nevada fan is that he also has a sack rate of about 13%. So if you're looking for Nevada's pass rush to make another take another step forward, this would be a really good opportunity to do it. And they do have, you know, a, a pair of running backs in Jermar Jefferson and Artavis Pierce, who this I, I feel like this has got to be a typo. What is, what is? So between them, they have 52 carries and 534, 544 yards rushing, which, if my math is correct, is like well over 10 yards a carry. Uh, well, I wish I knew what that was on a on a game by game basis because I'll put for Jamar. Let me see Jamar Jefferson, Artavius Pierce. Let's see, that is 10 yards per carry, seven touchdowns. They did play that CS Yes, he. Here's what it is. <laughs> versus uh, they played southern utah last week that that's why oh okay so 22 carries 238 for jabbar should be jabbar jefferson so yeah they played this fcs team last week and the other guy jab artavis pierce had he actually had 168 versus ohio state in backup role and three receptions for 41 yards versus southern utah 11 for 91 so those, so those are, ac- those are fact- accurate numbers those are true and that that could be the downfall for this Nevada team <laughs> Well, I think what it what it comes down to then is avoid big plays on the ground. Yep. And we, I mean, we haven't really seen Nevada challenged by a ground game like that so far. And they've been, you know, they've made some plays on defense. They did force a couple of turnovers early on. And I think the best thing you could say about them is they've been a little bend, don't break so far in the first couple of weeks. But you know, one thing to watch out for is if you, like me, are a, fo- a fan of football study hall. One of their five factors from Bill Connolly is explosiveness. And right now they rank 126th in that metric. So I think as long as out of out of 130. Oh, sorry, 130. So I think as long as they can avoid giving up huge chunks of uh, huge chunks of turf at, the, at, at once, then, you know, I think the offense will be able to move the ball against this defense. I'm not seeing anybody that really stands out. You know, they do have a couple of nice playmakers like Jonathan Willis has a sack so far. Um, they, and But they only have one guy with more than one tackle for loss so far. So, you know, it's kind of a young defense. I think they'll get pushed around a little bit. I think Nevada will ultimately be fine in this game. Yeah, I pulled up the Q&A. Mike Singer's not too surprised because it's, he said it's been – a few years since Oregon State has won a road game, mm-hmm. and so he's like he's basically saying if this is a, over at Beaver Stadium, they'd probably be a small favorite. So it's mostly the home field type of deal, um, and he says this is basically like a must-win game for them because if not that he doesn't think they may go to a bowl game, but it'd be huge if they could start off three and one for what their season has going for going forward. Um, I guess he mentioned the running backs we already went over. That'll be a huge deal. Um, let's see here. He predicted the games. Um, 
He predicts Oregon State to win, just so if you're wondering, 34-33. Hmm. So, that that wouldn't surprise me, because Nevada, maybe Vanderbilt's better than we thought. Possibly. Because here's the thing. They shut down middle Tennessee State, who has a pretty good offense with Brent Stock still at quarterback. Nevada, we assume, has a pretty good offense, and they were shut down. And so maybe they're better than we thought, and that's why this game could be close. Because Ohio State crushed his Oregon State team like to nothing. I, here's what I want to say. I want to see Nevada offense get back to doing what they can do best. And I think, that, like you mentioned, the amount of pressure or sacks that Oregon, or TFL's Oregon State has isn't there. And so I'm thinking this could be a lot of points. It may not be 50 points, but I think Nevada could put up a lot of points. I think they're going to win. I, I mean, I think you're right. I think one of the big things for the offense, maybe the biggest thing for the offense, is just avoid turnovers like they did last week against Vanderbilt. And luckily for them, Oregon State's not really in the business of creating many turnovers at this point. You know, they only have one guy with an interception. That's their cornerback, Sean Wilson. And they haven't even forced any fumbles so far this year. So I think if as long as they can stay on track, I think they should be able to land big plays against this defense. So I kind of like Nevada to win. What do you? What's your uh, score output? Um, I'm gonna say, hmm. Well, I, mean, I think they're gonna cover the spread, and I think. Well, but I think they're also gonna probably give up a lot of points. So I'm gonna say, uh, are we saying? I'm gonna say 35-31. Okay, it's a lot of points because it's what 68, 68 points at the moment. It started them Nevada minus five, which is a little surprising on the tenth, down to three. I I think it'll be like. I think 70 points could happen. It's going to be uh, – Number Fire has it not covering the spread. 35-32, 31-25, both in Nevada. I think it will be like 35-31, something like that, 35-30. Fun fact of the day. What is that? Uh, if you haven't looked at SB Nation's S&P Plus predictions, Uh-oh. Nevada 32.8, Oregon State 32.79. Lock it up. <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. Like it's, no, I know. it's basically be dead even. I know. So I mean, can we get a tie? I think, that, I think this could be a sneaky fun game. It's on ESPN but, three, so if you get that, you can watch that game that way online. Um, where's it at? Is it on the main page over there? The college football section, S and P plus. I thought it was on ESPNU. No, this game is on. No, it's on ESPN three. Oh, okay. Well, on the ESPN website, it said ESPN News. So I guess I'm mistaken. Uh, wait, hold on. We've had a few TV. Oh, it must have updated because it was ESPN 3 and I last checked. Hmm. Maybe they made a last minute switch. So sorry, apologies. ESPN U, folks. So actual TV you get to pay for. So again, try that Fubo link if you don't have TV at all, but whatever. Um, no, that's good news. I saw ESPN 3. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe it's the next game we're, we're getting confused with because there's a lot of TV hoopla this week, right? That's true. So, next game, New Mexico at New Mexico State, the Rio Grande rivalry. Do they still call it the Battle of I-25, too, or is that passe? I don't know. We can... if, you're a New, if you're a New Mexico fan, let us know. No, no, let's just do it, and we'll make it a thing. No, 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 because I think it's <laughs> officially it's the Rio Grande rivalry. Let me find out. And for, and for a while, they called it the Battle of I-25, but I don't know if it's interchangeable or if they prefer the real grand rivalry. So when I type in Battle of I-25, Google auto-populates auto trophy. Mm-hmm. So, so is there a trophy for this game I'm not aware of? There better be. There's a Battle of I-25 trophy. Let's see what this is. So this game is – Mexico is a road favorite, which is surprising. A little bit. 
Because it's not like New Mexico has done anything great this year. They got <coughs> well. No, let, let me phrase that. When they had to, well, they, first off, new quarterback coming in because Tavate, jeez, oh, Tavate, whatever. Toyote has a sorry, not whatever, but concussion. He's out for this game. Bringing the number two QB when he was in number one was in versus Ohio State or not Ohio State, jeez, Wisconsin. It was a competitive game. We mentioned the the late interception when they were somewhat close. Then it's kind of got out of hand, but. I don't know. Going with the new new quarterback this week with Sher- Sherryon Jones, it's a, it's iffy. That's why I'm surprised they're still favored by like five points, even though the Mexico State have shown literally nothing on offense. Well, at the moment, it's actually dropped to four and a half. Ooh, that half a point, man. Ooh. Yeah, and apparently a lot of people are still putting a lot of money on New Mexico, so it may be dropping further in the next day or two. Interesting. Keep, keep out for that, I guess? I would think so, yeah. So... We've seen New Mexico State play Utah State get crushed. Wyoming took care of business. New Mexico's probably not as good as either of those teams, right? Ah, hard to say. I'll say this. They're not better than Utah State. I think they would be – they're not better than Utah State, but I think it's an open question of how good is this offense going to look without Tuioti. Mm -hmm. It's different. Because – you know, in in the first quarter of the game, they had that one long drive, and Tuioti was really integral to that. And Sheron Jones, you, you know, through two games, he does have ten of nineteen, which is a positive. Um, you know, he's averaging about ten yards an attempt. He does have two touchdowns, but he does also have two interceptions. So I think, you know, again, the big thing in this game is that they're just going to have to be able to take care of the football. But the good thing for them is New Mexico State's defense. You know, they've had some nice individual performances so far. But on the whole, they've looked really rough, especially against the passing game. And so I think this could potentially be an instance where, you know, someone like Delane Hart Johnson is able to catch one or two of those 50, 50 balls. You know, if he has a line at the end of the night where it's like, you know, three catches, 80 yards and a touchdown, that wouldn't surprise me at all. All right. I'm going to divert here because I found the greatest website ever. Have you ever been to Winsipedia? I have. Okay, um, this rivalry game, because I was looking for a trophy, unsuccessful at the moment for me. So, New Mexico has won 70 times against uh, New Mexico State, 33 victories, 5 ties. Would you like to know the largest margin of victory in this series, Matt? I would. Um, do you want to take a guess or not? Uh, I'm going to go with something wild. I'm going to say 70. Not even close. Is it 90? Not even close. Am I too high or too low? <laughs> oh, way too low. 19, really? 1917. So this is uh, right around World War One. New Mexico State wins. They give up three points. New Mexico Lobos get a field goal. 110 to three. <laughs> Good Lord. I'm just saying. The Lobos' biggest victories are like half of that, 61 to zero. You know they'd absolutely do it again if they had the opportunity. Either team, right? Yes, exactly. I just saw that. I'm like, that can't be right. So... That's my little nugget for the game because that's a lot of points. Um, remember, Aggies have won two in a row, but that's what you're correct. I want to see with the with the new quarterback in there with uh, Jones. What is he going to do? Maybe here's the thing: going in mid game against Wisconsin, that's a, that's huge. That's very difficult to do for any quarterback, whether you're in the Big Ten or not, and you come in mid game or injured or you know what I mean. Like if you just come in mid game, any game, but Camp Randall, that's ridiculous. This is it's still a big deal, but not the atmosphere and crowd won't be as intense. But the game will be much more on the line throughout because this game should be very close. Mm-hmm. And New Mexico State, like we've been, their defense 
whoever on Pro Football Focus said they're going to be good, I don't trust them anymore. They better have deleted that tweet. So I don't know what what they're dealing with that is. But they're zero three. They've been outscored. How many? They've, they've not scored any points. I'm going to say New Mexico is going to win because this new offense. They're going to pass a little bit. Throw bows are going to make sort of an appearance. But I'm going to go Lobos to win and cover because I think they'll move the ball more and. Even with the new quarterback in there, he'll find his footing with a week's worth of practice, and he's going to be more prepared than he would have been last week where he was the number two. See, here's the thing. Uh-oh. What do you got for me? I think that New Mexico State's defense still has a lot of key pieces that could pose a problem for the Lobos, especially with a new quarterback under center. Because, you know, they still have talent, especially up front where, you know, Roy Lopez and um, – and Terrell Hanks in their front seven, they've combined for eight tackles for loss already. And I think one of the big things is, you know, are they going to be able to get pressure on the quarterback, which has been a little bit hit or miss so far. But, you know, they definitely have the talent to be able to do that. And so I think it's going to be really a really big game for New Mexico's offensive line. And I also think it's going to be a big game for Jones because while they only have the Aggies, excuse me, while they only have one interception on the year, you know, they have you know, seven, eight, nine pass breakups. And, you know, DeMarcus Owens could be the kind of guy to go and get an errant pass. So if if Jones isn't as careful with the ball like he was last week, you know, that was the one thing that really broke this team in last year's rivalry game. You do know the Aggies are giving up like four average of 40 points a game. I do. You still think that defense will come up and hold it to 25 points? I just don't know what to expect of New Mexico's offense, especially without Tuioti, because the running game still hasn't really gotten it going in this new kind of in this new look system. You know, Tyrone Owens is still only averaging three and a half yards per carry, and they, you know, they fed him the ball. He has more carries than Tuioti and Jones combined, and if he's not going to get it done, then what are they going to do? You know, they're going to try and put the game in Jones's hands. I don't know if that's going to work. Good points. I just think, I don't know. I just like the Lobos, just because because I've seen more New Mexico State than New Mexico, and I've seen because obviously an extra game, but watch them more closely. Like Utah State, like they just crushed them. I get the, I get your feeling. Maybe I should have, uh, maybe I should adjust my pick real quick to maybe Aggies cover, but I it just New Mexico State has just been so terrible. And New Mexico, even though they had the quarterback situation last week, they're give their defense some credit too. When they were playing Wisconsin for three quarters, where look how close it was. They gave them only ten points and a half. Only twenty four only twenty four points after three quarters is still pretty respectable against Wisconsin. So the defense had something going on for at least part of the game. And so that's better than I think they uh get, I need to give them credit for that too. Because what is this New Mexico State offense gonna do? That's the thing, I don't know. That's my point. Like if they played New Mexico played fairly well versus Wisconsin for a qu- two plus quarters, dude, they gave up twenty nine to Wyoming. Wyoming doesn't look like they'll score thirteen the rest away. Minnesota put up forty eight, and they're we'll see what they are. And then Utah State dropped sixty on them. You know what I mean? Like they scored. Excuse me, the other way around. They scored thirteen. I'm doing wrong numbers here. Seven, ten, and thirteen in their three games on offense. That's it. If New Mexico holds them to seventeen points, Mexico is going to win. And so, I don't know, man. I'm going Lobos to win and cover. I kind of like New Mexico State in this one. Both or which way? I like them to – well, I like them to win. Oh, obviously, never mind then because Lobos are the favorite. So 
So really quick, number fire, just so we get the um, computer nerds involved. 30.9 30 for Lobos, 27.6 for Aggies on team rankings, 29.5, 27.3 in favor of uh, the Aggies, as, or excuse me, of the Lobos as well from number fire. And just for a quick note, um, as the underdog, New Mexico State is 0-3 as an underdog, so that's this year. But they're also 0-3, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> well, and, and just to throw one more out there, S&P Plus has it at New Mexico 38-28. Whoa, really? Uh-huh. That's a big, that's a big spread, a big line there. But I like New Mexico State to to squeak by. Okay. I'm going to I'm going to say 34-31. Oh boy. All right. Next game. Prairie View. Oh, do I need to give an exact score, I guess? Yes. I will go through uh, 28-20 New Mexico. All right. Prairie View. Excuse me for that. At UNLV. <laughs> 8 it's 8 p.m. Mountain, 7 Pacific. Um Please don't pull Howard. Please don't pull Howard. It'll be 103 kickoffs. So that's ridiculously hot on that gravel parking lot of Sam Boy. <laughs> no, that's that's no big deal. 103. You're good with that. It's in the shade. It's a dry heat. So I'm, you... I'm I'm okay. I'm sure a lot of people in Las Vegas will be okay with that too. They're familiar. They're from. They're there, right? They yeah, know, yeah. They know what they're doing. They know what they're getting into, right? So this game is it on any? It's on the Mountain West Network. So check that out on M the mw.com the we'll probably put it on our facebook page or something share it that way so you can view it this is a game where unlv needs to hold nothing back and just crush prairie view i mean i think you're right because when is the last time they've actually beat i should look this up for you just throw that out there i know they did utep last week so oh, last week they beat utep by 30 points almost 30 points but when's the last time they just crushed somebody like more than once in a year probably never Unless I go back to like the when they Randall Cunningham punting and playing quarterback, they did beat Idaho handily last year, forty six sixteen. I just want to see them just crush them and San Jose State. So they've done it a couple times. I want to see that result again. Lexington Thomas, Charles Williams, Armani Rogers to complete like seventy percent of his passes. I want something like a full on dominant performance to give UNLV because they're going to be. I'm, I'm turning on them to be a bit better than I thought they would be because USC, yeah, a couple trick plays, but for three quarters they're right there with USC. They smoke UTEP, who's not good at all. They need to have a repeat performance from last week. And then that'll roll into Arkansas State the week after to give them a lot more credibility and confidence to win that game on the road over there in Jonesboro. I don't think Prairie View is just going to roll over, though, because they're kind of an interesting team so far. They're only 1-2 and on the season, but let's not forget, they also did push Rice in the opener. They needed a... That, that fabled field goal where the camera zoomed all the way out for some reason. You can't see this, but I'm giving you an exaggerated eye roll because it's Rice. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what I mean. But, yeah. but let's not forget, Rice also put up 29 yeah. points on Hawaii. They did, so I should pull that back then. So, you know, Rice, Rice is a little better than last year. And then they also only lost by nine last week to Sam Houston State, who, by the way, was number four in the FCS ranks. And what it really comes down to, I think, is is UNLV going to be able to stop De, uh, Dewana Tucker? Because do you realize what he's done so far in three games? I just saw last week he had 245 yards and two touchdowns. So, so far on the year, he has 542 yards. He's averaging over 10 yards a carry. Good. That's <laughs> So that's going to be a test. Because, you know, we saw last week, you know, yes, UNLV did win the game, but they did give up, you know, more than I think more drives than maybe some Rebels fans would be comfortable with against UTEP who is not the not great you know so I kind of want to see them just 
have a defensive effort where the defense steps up is more disruptive and could shut them down because in the first couple of games, they've allowed six and a half yards per carry on the ground. Mm -hmm. Now that is just a good point. That's one area. That's why I want them to be dominant. They hopefully should shut that down or minimize it to where it's at least the first half. Who knows when backups will come in, but yeah, shut down the running game. It, these guys have good players to prove. There's whatever it's, it is SVS teams. I'm sort of half kidding, but they should win confidently. And that is an area because if UTEP who has, who's terrible, like basically the worst team, them in San Jose State near the bottom of FBS, you can't let, allow those guys to get five, six, seven, eight yards per carry in a game. If they're going to have any chance when they play San Diego State or T- Fresno, teams who want to run the ball well, or even with Hawaii with Fred Holly there, he puts up 100 yards a game, it seems like, or close to it. So I think they'll win big. I just, that's the, I guess you're right. That is the one area I want to see them stop the run defense and win. They should win like 40 to 10, or something like that, by a couple touchdowns. I think you're right. I think if, especially if the defensive line can be a little more disruptive, because as far as I know, nobody has more than one and a half tackles for loss up front. You know, their two big disruptors have been at linebacker, Bailey Lalagi and, and Gabe McCoy. They have seven and a half combined TFLs. So I think if, if the front four can step up, and I'm thinking mostly about the guys in the, in the middle, Salawana Alawili and Kolo Uwasike, if those two can have good games, I think UNLV wins this pretty comfortably. But even if they don't, I still think the offense is good enough to kind of keep them out in front of Prairie View. So I kind of expect them to win by two touchdowns. I'm going to say 42, 42 to 38. Well, or excuse me, 28. 42 to 28. Still, it's a lot of points there. Yeah. I mean, I, but I think UNLV's defense is still a work in progress. There's promise there. But I still kind of think Prairie View will be able to move the ball at least a little bit. Okay. Next game, which is another awesome one I'm looking to see. We'll see Arizona State, number 23. The fight in Herm Edwards travel to uh, what's what's the stadium called? It's not it's SDCCU now, the Credit Union Stadium. There, the old Q, the former home of the Chargers, San Diego Chargers. Eight thirty Mountain, seven thirty Pacific, CBS Sports Network. Aztecs are a road dog, or excuse me, a home dog by five and a half points. What's the over under on, on Herm Edwards jokes we can make in the next five minutes? Oh man, if you listen to the Solid Rebel, they mentioned they turned in their Herm paper. <laughs> <laughs> Because they're apparently now trying to encroach in our coverage here for Mountain West Talk. By the way, did you note that apparently Herm Edwards, when he finished college, he finished it at San Diego State? No, I know he coached at San Jose State, but that's an interesting note. A lot, lot of stuff in here. A lot of, lot of stuff to Herm talk going on here. Uh, so they upset Michigan State last week at home. Do you know who they have next week on their schedule? Arizona State? Yes. Not off the top of my head. They go to currently number 10 Washington Tuskies. Ooh, okay. So this game, not that they're going to – I don't think they'll overlook because Herm Edwards is a a pretty good motivator. We've seen him talk to kind of a sermon-esque type things he does for getting people motivated. So pretty sure they'll be fine and ready to go. But you beat Michigan State, probably one of their biggest home wins in a while. They've crushed UTSA, who's still a pretty solid team typically, and they held up to seven points. And then Aztecs don't have a Christian Chapman. They have Ryan Agnus as their starting quarterback. So there's a lot of things where, okay, I could see where Arizona State could win, or I could see where San Diego State could win the game. So what do you think is kind of like the, the most crucial matchup, whether by unit or maybe even by individual matchup? I'd say the offensive line for the Aztecs, just because they're going to win because they're going to run the ball. Right, that's what they always do. Their game plan is not going to change. It's not. Like that's they're, true. They're not going to. They might actually actually run the ball even more. Because, you think so? Well, Ryan Agnew had two picks for Sacramento State last week. 
That's true. I mean, but I think I think it's it's kind of difficult to say that they're going to do that though, if only because through the first two games, Juwan Washington's one of two FBS running backs to average thirty yards carry. They got backups. Put their backups in. Come on. That's kind of the that's kind of the interesting thing though is we haven't really seen Chase Jasmine so far. He only has eight carries, mm-hmm. but I'm I, I think you're right. You know if 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 Agnew's not going to be able to take as many chances throwing the football down the field, what does that workload what does that workload look like? It's maybe safer passes. That could be. It. Here's the thing, really quick about um, Jasmine, real quick. He, yeah, obviously he's at San Diego State. Um, he had offers from pretty big schools, Arizona, Colorado. So he had some decent offers. Oregon State, Washington, Washington State, USC offered, if this is correct. Um, yeah, all the, no, USC did not offer. Excuse me, they're interested. But so who cares about that? But offers are a big deal. So he had some pretty good offers. So it's not like he was going to like only Montana State or San Jose State, Wyoming, which are other offers on here. But he has some pretty good Pac-12 offers out there. So – he should get some more carries, but I would look for more safer passes because also Agnew's like been the guy backup forever. You could never beat out anybody. Like even when they had that multiple quarterback thing a couple years ago, when I think Nick Bottom was QB, he got hurt, moved the fullback. He still couldn't crack that lineup. And so they say he has all his talent, but he's never been able to prove it either in practice. And then like, well, maybe he's a gamer type guy, but Sac State, two picks. So here's the thing. I think the bigger injury and I think what's going to be the more critical matchup for San Diego State is losing Noble Hall in the middle of their defensive line. That's a big deal. Because, you know, obviously a lot of the headlines went to Chapman because he's the quarterback, but Noble Hall is also going to be out for three to six weeks, I believe, with a, with a broken wrist. I'm trying to remember, I'm trying to remember I'm not... exactly what it was that I read, but that puts, you know, Miles Cheatham and Damon Moore, who are now in the 2D defensive tackle, those guys are going to be in the spotlight because the Arizona State's got one of the better running backs in the West in Eno Benjamin, who's showed up and showed out in the first couple of games. I'm trying to look up exactly what he's done. He's averaged about five and a half yards per carry, and his backup, Isaiah Floyd, has, has averaged almost seven. So, you know, they, they're balanced, and they're going to need to kind of slow those two down if they want to have a chance. So I think Cheatham and more are going to be really important to the Aztecs' success. I would agree with that. It's just, it is. QB is a glamour spot. And it's not like, because here's the thing I always say about Chapman. Like, he wins games. He doesn't turn the ball over. If you need to drive here or there to lead that team, he can do it. But it's also the offense. He, he was never going to throw 25-plus times a game. And he would just be a guy, all right, we need you this drive here. A situational guy where if you need a big drive, he could typically do it more often than not. It's just kind of what they want to do as well. So I don't trust Agnew if it's close down to the end of the game. Is he going to drive like that Wyoming game, 99 yards in like 90 seconds? Probably not. Do what they get against Stanford that t- last year, the David Wells game-winning touchdown pass? Probably not. So, But you're right, the defense, losing Noble Hall is huge. But also, Herm Edwards, also oh, we should probably mention Danny Gonzalez, former Aztecs DC on the other side of the ball. So that's something to look out for. He's helming that Sun Devil defense. But my original point, if I recall, I was gonna say if I because I tangent way too much. <laughs> uh, um, here the three three five. How much does Herm Edwards see that? You know what I mean? He's been NFL guy. That's like a defense you never see ever in the NFL. So I'm assuming Rocky Long will have some schemes for this offense defense against the offense. Excuse me for Arizona State that may not be familiar. Yes, Michigan State much bigger defense held them down. 
UTSA, whatever, nothing they scored at it will. I'm looking for a scheme that the Rocky Long and everybody in defense will have to maybe try to compensate for no ball, but there'll be this is a defense. You, my point is, he never sees this type of defense. And so, that's true. And so, that, like, he's a smart guy. They have smart guys on staff and everything. And they played this team last year as well. And so, it's not, well, I, I'm not sure who's on staff from last year. I should rephrase that. But it's a unique defense they don't see very often. And so, that could be, that's obviously going to work to Rocky Long's advantage. Yeah, but that also may not matter because you could have said the same thing about Stanford a couple weeks ago. Yeah, but see, what, and, well, and, and Stanford has Bryce Love. Come on, man. Well, you know what I mean, but but I'm saying that San Diego State ended up getting beat by one of you know by JJ Arcega Whiteside, and what the Sun Devils have is they have at least one receiver who's probably better than anybody Stanford had, and then Keel Harry, who in the first couple of games is averaging over 19 yards a catch. So if if Ron Smith and Kyrie Woods, you know, I'm assuming they're going to move him around to try to exploit matchups. If they can't slow him down, then you know, whatever efforts they make against the running game may not even matter. Good point. Um, so do you, let me ask you this. Do you trust this Arizona state team? Are they for real? I think, I mean, I think if you could shut down Michigan state like that, I mean, Michigan state was maybe a little bit overrated as a top 10 team coming into the year or top 12, mm-hmm. but I still think they're going to be in the mix for the big 10 title. You know, they'll probably end up losing three or four games when all is said and done, probably end up in the top 25, but yeah, maybe they are for real. And I think that, it, you know, it's not just on the offensive end. They have had some playmakers on defense as well. They've racked up a lot of tackles for loss so far. And they're actually 20th in the country in overall havoc rate. You know, and they have playmakers at pretty much every level. They got Merlin Robinson at linebacker. They've got... Sorry, I'm trying to look up names. That's okay. <laughs> But needless to say, they got know, players. They, they've they got done talent. a they've done a better job of being disruptive on the defensive end too. So, yeah, maybe they are for real. And if they beat the Aztecs, I think that the rest of the Pac-12 is gonna have to take sit up and take notice. If they're in the South, like I'm a Utah guy, so they play Utah. I don't know. I don't even go that far. But I think here's the thing: if they beat San Diego State and Michigan State, they're gonna be more for real. Not this laughing stock about Herm Edwards coaching the team. Because, yeah, beat Michigan State, that is also a huge win. Not taking anything away from it, but if they go out and lose to San Diego State like 27-10, to 10, what is that? Well, who cares? Mm-hmm. And maybe they are looking into Washington. They go on the road. Washington, if they beat Utah, could be a top eight team next week, top seven team. Move up a couple spots potentially, depending on how everything else shakes out. But my pick, this might be my stupid upset pick. Well, can I throw one last thing out there? What do you got? The one thing that might come back from last year's game that would definitely make a difference in, in San Diego State's game plan, mm-hmm. right now, Arizona State is number one in the country in opponents' average field position. You know, On average, opponents have started drives at the 20.2-yard line. And one thing we really haven't seen from the Aztecs yet is that big play capability on kick returns. You know, Juwan Washington's only credited with one so far. And some maybe some of that has to do with the new kickoff rule. But, you know, that's definitely something to keep an eye on is if they can exploit it the same way that they did last year. Yeah, they didn't they have two returns last year, I want to say? Yeah, I believe so. So, that is, yeah, that's the way I've seen. But this is going to be my – even though with a new quarterback, maybe a week of practice will Agnew actually do something, I'm saying Aztecs are going to win outright but not cover. So, I'm thinking like 24-21, San Diego State. I'm calling it. I'm also thinking 24-21. What? 
But I'm also thinking the Arizona State's no! going to win. Oh, you hate the Aztecs so much. No, I don't. <laughs> It'll be get so much hate now. <laughs> we all we always do. It doesn't matter. I think that I think the Aztecs will cover, but I think they're going to lose a close one. So let me go to the numbers here. Advanced uh, our team rankings: 26, 22, Sun Devils. Uh, number five is less than a point difference: 23-4, or excuse me, 24-4, 23-6. Do you have S and P over up 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 and open? Uh, I'm trying to look it up right now. For some reason, it's not showing up. Probably close. I'm assuming somewhere in the same range. Oh, it's uh, they have it at Arizona State 28, San Diego State 17. Interesting. Okay. All right. So that's um. All right. Arizona State loses for me. They win for you. Final game of the night. Fresno State at UCLA. The Fighting Chip Kellys are 0 2. FS1 7:30 Pacific. So evening kick out there for you folks. So I'll let you start this off, Matt. What do you want to see different from last week to this week? Uh, I want to see them run between the tackles more. Okay, and maybe get a victory? <laughs> maybe get a victory, yeah. <laughs> that seemed a little too on the nose. Sorry. But, too you know, easy. I think it, that's probably going to be easier said than done from here on out because one of the things that maybe we didn't talk about enough in last week's recap is that the fact that their left tackle, Natani Muti, is out for the year now. I saw that. Was it? Uh, what was the exact injury? I remember seeing the tweets. It, it was an Achilles tweet. Or, uh, yeah, he tweaked that. So, ouch, he's done. That hurts. Yeah, it's so it's it's kind of a rough go for the Bulldogs up front. You know, they're moving Christian Kronk, I believe, back out to tackle where he was last year. And yeah, I've never been overly enamored of him at that position, but you know, it'll have to do, I suppose. And, you know, they're bringing in a Juco guy in Nick Abs, who's played a little bit on the interior. He's going to be taken over at left guard. So, you know, I think for starters, I just want to see them attack that UCLA defense in the middle. Because while the Bruins have been a little better overall as far as defending the run so far in 2018, that's not something that we've seen a lot of because they played it really close to the vest against Idaho. And then they were getting maybe a little too cute against Minnesota last week. So I just kind of want to see Josh Hokett, you know, run five, six, seven times, kind of grind it out between the tackles and get back to that same kind of efficiency that really defined the offense last year. Because that's something that's been, you know, they've been okay. They're middle of the pack as far as success rate is concerned. But that was something that really let them down last week was their ability to run between the tackles. So, okay, that, that'll be a big deal. But also, this UCLA team is not like – it is Chip Kelly. When was the last time he played defense, really, for any Oregon team or anything like that? You got you got the good you got the good athletes back there for what they can do. But also, think about it. They lost to Cincinnati already. They're not very good, are they? Cincinnati might be on the upswing. They got smoked by Oklahoma. Which well, is Oklahoma's Oklahoma. Everybody's going to get smoked by Oklahoma this yeah, year. I'm just saying, but if you're UCLA, should you get smoked by Oklahoma? Just at this point, yeah. I mean, you should not. Whatever. They lost 49 21. The thing about UCLA is they always have really interesting pieces. And, you know, I feel like when you look at when you look back at 2018 on All Sudden Done, that it's really going to be one of those things that's hit or miss from week to week. Because, you know, you look at someone like Darnay Holmes, for instance, who could be an all Pac-12 performer at at cornerback. You know, he's going to be a really tough matchup for Keyshawn Johnson or whoever matches up against him. You know, they have Jalen Phillips, a former five-star guy who 
you know, he does have a tackle for a loss so far this year, but he's a little bit hampered by injury. He's a little bit hit or miss. They have one of the better tight ends in the Pac-12 in Caleb Wilson. You know, he has only a 50% catch rate so far, but he's definitely their leading receiver. Eight catches, 128 yards. And oh, by the way, even though Chip Kelly's playing it pretty close to the best, they do have one of the more interesting and exciting quarterbacks who's probably going to be under center in Dorian Thompson-Robinson, who in spot time against Cincinnati, and he did have the start last week against Oklahoma, he's completed about 60% of his passes. And even though maybe he's taken too many sacks, his sack rate is around 16%, which is untenable, to say the least. Yeah. So, you know, if Fresno can get pressure on him and force him into mistakes, that'll be a good sign. But that's kind of a big if because they did get pushed around a little bit between the tackles by Minnesota last week. So, hmm. what do we like? Let's kind of go back to offense. We know what, what like who, is it? William, who's starting a quarterback? They're playing two guys for most. My part. my guess is it would be Thompson Robinson because Wilton Spate got injured against ah, Cincinnati. Right. Their depth chart still lists the three people as or. I, was, I forgot the injury part to him. So naturally okay yeah that's what typically does right <laughs> actually <laughs> actually it's not because this whole it depend, who knows when this depth chart was done because sometimes they roll out the same one every week just because like week one and they just leave it everybody yeah. else is like starter a couple defenders like backup guys so i don't know because so for instance defense like we know what typically used to do but this he doesn't have his players he wants at the moment for defense is still good we're not gonna i still think they're clearly gonna be good defense are they going to be able to just kind of uh, because when you're looking at what Nevada or she's not Nevada, I'm staring at their logo. UCLA does like decent running game. Kazmir Allen, okay, he has he has 145 yards, but one of those is a 74 yarder, so it little skews a little bit. They have a couple guy receivers, but this offense doesn't scare shouldn't scare Fresno too much, should it? Maybe why? Maybe? Because the because the one guy that's not listed on the depth chart that I think everybody in Fresno is interested in seeing how he does is Casimir Allen. Mm-hmm. And a lot of guys in, and a lot of UCLA fans are excited about Casimir Allen. He's a five star guy. He's a San Joaquin Valley product. Who, if I remember correctly, Fresno State was in the running to land him last year. But you know he has the potential to be a weapon for the Bruins in the long run. And he's maybe been their brightest spot on offense so far. You know, he doesn't have as many carries as Bolo Olorun Funmi does have so far. But he's averaging nine yards per carry. He's averaging 17 highlight yards per opportunity so far. Okay. And, you know, he's the kind of guy where they can move him around, get him into space, and let him use his speed for for as good as Fresno State's defense is. He has that kind of top shelf speed where, you know, one 60, 70, 80 yard run could change the tenor of this whole game. Sure. He has just the one long run. Like, yeah. I mean, not, again, not to take that away because he had it, but besides that, he's done literally nothing. I guess four yards per play versus Oklahoma is not terrible. And so he's only had 15 touches on running the ball. I'm just, maybe he'll have it versus Fresno, but it's not like Fresno's defense is. Nothing. It's probably better. Than, it's going to be in between. It's better than Cincinnati. I'm thinking not quite as good as Oklahoma, which is fair. And so, what's it going to be? Is he going to get have 12 for 80? You know what I mean? Like 15 for 85, something respectable. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if he'll blow up and have a huge play because half his yards is on one play. 
that may be true, but I still think that that's something that bears watching. It, it is. It, no, oh, it, like I said, all it takes is one play. It does. All it is. I'm not taking that away from him, but if you look at it, you know what I'm saying? It's like, I hate it. It's like, oh, take away this huge gain. Everything else is like two yards here. Like Cincinnati, it's four for tw- four for like 25 yards. Mm-hmm. That's still almost six yards to carry, but five touches. So he is a guy to watch, but it's not like he's been – it's still early. He's still a freshman. He hasn't had the amount of experience or – carries maybe he'll get 15 carries and we'll get 85 yards i don't know it's... yeah i mean i'm not i'm not saying that Fresno state doesn't match up well with the weapons that ucla throws out there i think you know if the front four can p- apply a little more pressure that they can force thompson robinson into mistakes i think that the linebackers are good enough to be able to handle wilson in coverage it's just one of those one of those x factors that there's no one easy way to account for it is all i'm saying Mm-hmm. So are you surprised Fresno's a road favorite over UCLA? Sort of. Two and sort half. of. It moved up from one to two and a half. What did we stick on our sheets? I just published the, uh, as we're talking, I published it. Uh, we had it, well, I had it at UCLA minus one and a half. Okay, we'll leave it. That's fine. It's already in. But it's currently two and a half. I, I, that's not surprising, I think. Just because it is, because what was it versus Minnesota? They were plus three, right? It, yeah. So it's st- which means I don't know what it means. They like Fresno. They don't like UCLA. You can pick and choose what you want to do. But here's what one of the most inter- interesting stats here: Number Fire has Fresno winning by nine points. They have Fresno winning by even bigger than that on it, according to S and P Plus. What? Which is? They have it at thirty-two to seventeen. Wow. Where's your? Um, where do you? Where do you fall in line here then? I think it's ultimately going to be a little bit closer than that. I expect Thompson Robinson to get the majority of the snaps, if not, you know, play the whole game under center. But, you know, I think he, they have the kind of explosiveness that worries me a little bit, but they also have enough pressing questions, namely their offensive line, which if I remember correctly from our Q and a, they've given up 11 sacks, in two games so far. So if, the front four can exploit that you know i think they could do just enough to hold off the bruins so i do expect fresno state to rebound and win this game it's probably going to be close it's probably going to be you know a game marked by one or two big plays on both ends but i like the bulldogs to win i'm going to say 24 to 21 24 to 21 so win and cover yes i think they're gonna get it done too because like i mentioned we got the freshman running back he May have a great game. He may not. You know what I mean? It's like he's not a known quantity at the moment. And even with Fresno losing some offensive line, like you meant their left what, um, guard, right? Was that what he placed? Left tackle? He left tackle. Oh, left Sorry. Oh, that's kind of big. That's a big deal. But I just think defense is what's going to be the difference in this game because what typically runs isn't there yet. So he's not going to go out and pull out his full Oregon offense, um, up-tempo, start, wait the line scrimmage for until two seconds, run a play. It's an offense where it's like again, it seems like guys taking a scheme or a new coach anywhere. They're not they're they're dumb to go in and just jam and shoehorn their offense in right away. It's mm-hmm. gonna be bits and pieces. So I just think Fresno was so close last week, they're good enough to beat these teams and I think they'll do it. I, th- I think McMarion could have a pretty big game. We haven't mentioned him once at all. I think he'll do just fine and put up some points against this, this uh, UCLA defense. And also is Keyshawn Johnson gonna need a catch this week, Matt? Oh, yeah. Okay, just making sure. Because wasn't last week he had no catches? No, last week he had six catches. Wait, what did I read? I read somewhere. That maybe I was reading something else. Never mind. My joke fell flat. 
I thought he had. <laughs> I thought I saw somewhere that Keyshawn Johnson had like no catches recently. Nope. I am disregarding whatever I read. It's, it's no, gone. he's work. He's working on a streak of like thirty-seven straight games with a catch now. Maybe it's something else I was referring to. I don't know. Maybe I read something weird and saw the other Keyshawn Johnson for something weird. I don't know. I apologize. I should watch football more. <laughs> he he gets he gets the damn ball. He does. He does. Twelve for two hundred seven, a touchdown, forty-five long one already this year. So they're gonna win, and they're gonna win a score prediction. I, I think it'll be reasonably close. I'm gonna go like twenty-seven twenty. All right. I think it's going to be a win. They rebound from last week. They will be two and one. They'll be ready to go for whatever comes for them next week. Who do they have next week, anyways? They have a bye next week, and then they host Toledo. Oh boy, that'll be interesting. Are right, any other notes we need to add for this uh, part two, which is already an hour? Or I a, think <laughs> or approaching an hour. I think we're pretty much all set. Here's what you need to do, folks. Go listen to part one. If you saw this and like, hey, where's the rest of the games? Go to part one on our podcast feed, which means you may not be subscribing if you don't know there's a part one. So go do that. If you have Apple, iTunes, Pocket Cast, Stitcher, um, where, like we, met, we joked around, if you go to Last FM to get your podcast, go subscribe there. We don't care. Tune in. Check out the uh, mini podcast I did with Scott Wright at Oklahoma and talk about Boise. And then check out our Q&As. You have one with the UCLA guy. Who did you actually challenge? You, UCLA, UCLA woman. A woman. Sorry, I, sorry, I apologize for that. Who, um, who did you speak with? Or, two uh, K Ni Nguyen. She's the Orange County Register. Is that right? No, it's the L A Daily News. L A Daily News. Sorry, I, I, that name when he said it, I did, it did, it did pop up to my mind. I do remember seeing her stuff on Twitter. Apologize for just saying guy. It's an assumption I should not make because, well, mostly guys cover this stuff, but that's not the exactly the hundred percent truth. So. Check out that, obviously, as I'm – jeez, I'm terrible today. Just listen and check out our website at mwr.com, and we'll be back on Sunday night, folks. See ya.